Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Thursday, September 15th. The place where you're standing is holy ground. Today's scripture reading is Exodus chapter 3, verses 1-6 through 6 from the Message Translation, which reads, Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked. The bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Moses said, What's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why doesn't the bush burn up? God saw that he had stopped to look. God called to him from out of the bush. Moses, Moses. He said, yes, I'm right here. God said, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet. You're standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. This is God's word. What made him Moses was his willingness to turn aside wherever else he was supposed to be going and whatever else he was supposed to be doing. He decided it could wait a minute. He parked the sheep and left the narrow path in order to take a closer look at a marvelous sight. Here I am, Moses said, and the rest is history. That's Barbara Brown Taylor from her book, An Altar in the World. I heartily recommend it and anything else that she writes. This woman sees things. She's marvelously stretching, and being stretched is a primary spiritual practice we can ill afford to be without. The story she next relates remains one of my favorites over the years. I may even have shared it a few times in these devotional pages. She writes, I have never been presented with a burning bush, but I did see a garden turn golden once. I must have been 16, earning summer spending money by keeping a neighbor's cats while she was away. The first time I let myself into the house, the fleas leapt on my legs like airborne piranha. Brushing them off as I opened cat food and cleaned litter pans, I finally fled through the back door with a bag of trash my employer had left me to carry to the cans out back. I could hear the fleas inside flinging themselves against the plastic so that it sounded as if a light rain were falling inside the bag. I could not wait to be shed of it, which was why I was in a hurry. On my way to the cans, I passed a small garden area off to the left that was not visible from the house. Glancing at it, I got the whole dose of loveliness at once. The high arch of trees above, the mossy flagstones beneath, the cement birdbath, the cushiony bushes, the white wrought iron chair, all lit by stacked planes of sunlight that turned the whole scene golden. It was like a door to another world. I had to go through it. I knew that if I did, then I would become golden too. 
Uh, but first, I had to ditch the bag. The fleas popped against the plastic as I hurried to the big aluminum garbage can near the, the garage. Stuffing the bag into one of them, I turned back towards the garden, fervent to explore what I had only glimpsed in passing. When I got there, the light had changed. All that was left was a little overgrown sitting spot that no one had sat in for years. The smell of cat litter drifted from the direction of the garbage cans. The garden was no longer on fire. I think it pisses God off if you walk by the color purple in a field somewhere and don't notice it, says Suge Avery. Please note, dear reader, that Suge Avery said this and not me. Suge Avery, one of the wise women in Alice Walker's book, The Color Purple. I noticed the color gold, writes Barbara Brown Taylor, but I did not turn aside. I had a bag full of fleas to attend to. And while I made that my first priority, the fire moved on in search of someone who would stop, someone who would stop what she was doing, take off her shoes, and say, here am I. So how about we stop what we're doing, take off our shoes, and pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. Reverence requires a certain pace. It requires a willingness to take detours, even side trips, which are not part of the original plan. Those are again Barbara Brown Taylor's words. How does your pace allow space for the reverence awaiting us in taking detours and deviating from the original plan. When's the last time you stopped, looked, and took a side trip to see this strange sight? What happened? Lord, lead us today not at a productive or profitable pace, but at a reverent one. Grace me with a willingness to turn aside, to pause, to see, and to experience all over again that you, O Lord, are with us always. Every sphere of life and creation is yours, and all our threads of the same bright weave, our goings out and our comings in, our fellowship and our loneliness, our youth and our old age, our passions and our vocations, our chores and our entertainments. You are equally present in our failures and in our successes, in our sleep and in our wakeful hours, in our tears and in our laughter, in our births, in our lives, and even in the hours of our deaths. You are ever present with us. Train the hearts of us, your people, to practice a mindfulness of your presence in all moments. And most especially, let us not pass by without so much as a hurried glance the altar moments of this day. Let us see the strange sights. Let us pause. Let us remove the shoes from our feet. And let us build an altar of earth. Through your mercies. Amen. <laughs>